This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. And the Packers are going to the NFC Championship game. I'm your host, Ben Kierkowski, and the Packers have done the impossible right after earlier this season. We were 4-8. Okay, Seemed like the Packers' playoff chances were over. Jordan Love should be the quarterback. We should figure out what we have there so we can think about the future and what we should do with it. The Packers had a 3% chance to make the playoffs and have now strung together four wins in a row and are in control of their own destiny to get the final spot in the playoffs for a chance at it all. So it's not over yet. Um, we have an opportunity to seal the deal by getting the win Sunday night against a very talented and very well-coached Lions team. Like I said in our last podcast, having this game be flexed to Sunday Night Football really is to the Packers' benefit. By the time kickoff starts on Sunday Night Football, the Lions could already know whether or not their season is over after this game. If the Seahawks win as their game will end about 20 minutes before the Lions-Packers game starts, the Lions' season is over. This game means nothing, and the Lions will lose a lot of motivation to play in this game, especially considering this is a Dome Lions team. The Lions don't play in the cold very often, and the fact is it's a different animal playing in Green Bay, Wisconsin at night. It's cold. It's not fun, especially especially when you just had all your hopes taken from you 20 minutes before the game starts. Okay, and if that happens, you can bet that there will be on giant screens in Lambeau, there'll be things saying that the Seahawks won and just kind of continuing to remind the Detroit Lions that they will not make it to the playoffs even if they win this game. On the other hand, the Packers definitely can't be sitting uh, they're hoping the Seahawks win uh, so the Lions play easy. Okay, The Packers are going to have to come ready to play, especially uh, especially if the Seahawks lose because the Lions could be jacked on top of the world after that Seahawks loss, and the Packers have to be ready as well. This game is going to be tough no matter what happens. This is a very well-coached team that doesn't take things uh, lightly, and they're going to play pretty hard football no matter what. They still want to win football games. And so, obviously... There will be, I think, a little less motivation, though, if the Seahawks win, which ideally they would. And it's totally possible because the Rams don't have much to play for at this point. But they also don't have much to lose for either because they've already traded away their first round picks to Detroit. So when you talk about the Lions, it really starts with their offense. This is the first time in Lions history they've had over 4,000 passing yards and 2,000 yards rushing. This is one of the more balanced teams in the NFL, which makes them tough to stop. What Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has done is honestly incredible with Jared Goff at quarterback. It's, it's been really cool to see, and I've been very impressed. This guy, Ben Johnson, is probably going to be a head coach after the season, and usually you're not stealing offense coordinators, defensive coordinators from teams like the Lions, and the Lions are probably going to lose one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL this season. And so 
it really started has started with what's been around Jared Goff to help him be so successful, what the they've done to help him be successful, because Goff is in no way a top-end quarterback. According to PFF this year, he's the 21st-ranked passer in the NFL. Obviously not very good, but still, they have been very successful. Over the last few years, the Lions have put a ton of resources into their offensive line, which has resulted in quality play at left tackle in Taylor Decker, a top five right tackle in Penny Sewell, a top five center in Frank Ragnow. These three keep things consistent for the Lions in their offensive line efforts. They still do have some gaps, though, in their protection. So even with quality play at left tackle, center, right tackle, um, their offensive line is solid, okay? But they do have gaps. Um, the Lions are the 21st ranked pass blocking team in the NFL this season because of the play at both of the guard spots. Jonah Jackson has been one of those guards and he's been average this year for the most part. It's the other guard spot that has been just atrociously bad. Evan Brown is the guy who has stepped in at right guard. Brown is an above average run blocker, but Brown's pass blocking grade is just 49.2 this season and this is the hole the Packers will need to attack in this game Kenny Clark took advantage of this last week against the Vikings and will need another big game from him if the Packers plan to get pressure on Goff in this game and there's even a chance there's not many injuries in this game the Lions are very healthy the Packers are very healthy but there is a chance Frank Ragnow their center Top five center in the NFL does not play in this game. He has not practiced yet this week. I'm recording this as of Friday morning, 6 a.m. Um, and so it's something to watch for because that was kind of the situation last year. Last week, it was a weak right guard or left guard or right guard. I can't remember for the Vikings. And then they were on their backup center. And so that led to some huge problems for the Vikings offense because that allows Kenny Clark to do his thing. Um, and if that happens again, the Lions could be in trouble. Just like every other QB you play, though, if you can get pressure on Goff, he's been he's been he's bad, he really really bad actually. That's what makes him a mediocre quarterback and not elite. There's a huge gap in his play when he's pressured and when he's not. If Goff can't handle the pressure at all, uh, or the fact that Goff can't handle the pressure at all and is only good when he's kept clean, that's what makes him mediocre. This season, when kept clean, Goff has been great, 84.6 overall PFF grade, but when under pressure, that PFF grade falls significantly, all the way down to 40.2 overall, um, because that's when Goff, and that's when Goff tends to put the ball in harm's way, and so we need to get pressure on Goff in this game. And thankfully, also, we got a, another big thing going for us, but there are two Jared Goffs in this world. There's the one that plays at home on turf in perfect conditions. We saw that in LA. We've seen that in Detroit. He's awesome. Then though, there's the Goff over his career that plays on the road, on grass, and especially in the cold. That Jared Goff has been a much different quarterback and more specifically, um, just a much worse quarterback. Goff struggles in this setting. He will have to play in on Sunday and it's going to make things difficult for him as it has throughout his career, I would expect. Goff has been on fire the last eight games since he played the Packers last, and that was the last time he threw an interception even. But I think knowing these conditions and knowing how well I think the Packers know the Lions, especially getting a, a second round at them, I think it will happen again on Sunday. A big reason why Goff has been so good throwing the football this season are his weapons out there at receiver and the biggest one obviously being 2021 fourth round pick Amon Ross St. Brown who is the Lions slot receiver he's turned into one of the best receivers in football and yes he only plays the slot but he's been amazing at it 90.7 overall PFF grade at receiver that's the second best in the NFL only behind Tyreek Hill this season that's better than Justin Jefferson 
Okay. Amon Ra has been fantastic. Last week, the Packers had an answer for a true bona fide number one wide receiver by moving Jair Alexander to follow Justin Jefferson last week's game. And I didn't give Jair enough credit for that last week. Jair aligned across from Justin Jefferson on 15 of his 23 routes, 11 of which were in press coverage. And Justin Jefferson failed to complete um, a catch for either of his targets with Alexander in coverage. But that doesn't mean Jair was shut down by any means. There's a couple things going on here. Vikings receivers like Jefferson didn't listen to their coaching staff on what cleats they should wear, which was obviously a mistake. And then, so that led to a, a few falls, obviously. And then Jair had safety help much of the time when facing Justin Jefferson. And there was almost another guy nearby. And PFF noticed this. They gave Jair a good coverage grade, but not an elite game. Neat elite coverage game. But I don't know if the Packers will take the same approach this week. Uh, while Jair Alexander did follow Justin Jefferson in the slot a bit in this game, a lot of snaps for Justin Jefferson were also on the outside. Amon, Bra, Amon Ross St. Brown lives in the slot. And do you, I don't know if the Packers defense can handle having Jair in the slot constantly, okay? Because. The Packers had a plan for this. At the start of the season, we had three quality starting quarterbacks, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, to play on the outside so Jair could play in the slot in scenarios like this. But now with Eric Stokes out for the year, we don't have another quality cornerback to turn to if Jair follows Amon Ra inside. The next guy on the roster is Shamar Jean Charles, who the Packers don't trust. Then there's Keyshawn Nixon, but Nixon really has only played slot cornerback. Um, last week, Savage was also our slot cornerback as well. So I think the guys the Packers trust even... If we did want to put Jair on the inside, I just, I don't know if you trust Darnell or Keyshawn Nixon to be on the outside. So this will make things tough in this game, uh, the specific matchup, because Amon Ross lives in the, sl in the slot. Um, and while um, Darnell Savage had that pick six, which was awesome, he didn't have a great coverage grade even last week. He just had a 56.0 coverage grade. He was targeted four times, gave up three catches for 39 yards, one of those being K.J. Osborne. And if Osborne can make Darnell struggle, what could Amon Ross St. Brown do to Savage? So... I think that matchup with Darnell, if Darnell Savage is going to be stuck in the slot with Amon Ra, I think that's going to be, it could be a problem for the Packers defense. It's something to watch for in this game for sure. And you, and the reason you can't just move Jair inside, even if you trusted someone to be on the outside, because there are quality other options on this team, not just Amon Ra. DJ Chark is a deep threat receiver who can win deep and will if you give him opportunities. And then Jameson Williams, he hasn't played much. He's returning from that ACL surgery, but they got him involved last week on a jet sweep that turned into a 40-yard run. Jameson Williams is faster, quicker than Christian Watson, but obviously not as tall or as heavy as Watson is. But uh, the same way we use Christian Watson, same way the Lions should be using Jameson Williams on deep crossing routes, vertical routes, drags, anything to take advantage of his speed, get him into space, let him run after catch because he is crazy, crazy fast. Um, and so if you have Jair on the inside on Amon Ross St. Brown and you have Russell Douglas on the outside and DJ Sharks there, and then you got Jameson Williams against somebody, whoever that might be on the other side, that's risky play because Jameson Williams is due for a deep bomb touchdown. So this will be a tough matchup for our pass defense, even if we have been successful as of late with nine interceptions in the last four games. Um, and then we still have to even consider DeAndre Swift, who can be an elite um, elite as a pass catcher out of the backfield. Jamal Williams is the most steady running back in the NFL probably the last two years. Um, and so there's a lot to consider with this Lions 
team offense. This is not the same Lions offense we've talked about for years. But our defense has been significantly better as of late with our pass defense. Like I said, nine interceptions in the last four games. The main reason for this is we've had a huge switch in the way the Packers play their defense from before the bye week until now. Before the bye, the Packers went from the second highest blitz rate in the NFL to now the lowest blitz rate in the NFL, all the way from 42% down to 10%. Just a dramatic change in philosophy in our in philosophy in our defense. And even though we are blitzing less, our defense has actually improved in their sack rate. They went from 20th in the NFL before the bye and now all the way up to sixth over that win streak since the bye. This is a significant change that most teams have struggled to throw against the Packers. Uh, having so many guys drop back in coverage, we're getting rid of teams' um, first looks. So quarterbacks can't just get rid of the ball. And because of that, we're actually giving our pass rushers more opportunity, more time to try to get after the quarterback. <clears throat> to help slow down this passing attack for the Lions, like I said before, we need to get pressure on Goff in this game some way, somehow. Hopefully, Kenny Clark and our interior defensive line can find a way to pick on the, these two guards on the interior, especially if Frank Ragnow center is not in this game. But if that does not work, the Packers will need to consider blitzing to get pressure on Goff. And I know that hasn't been their philosophy during this win streak, during how good this defense has played. But we cannot let the Lions get ahead in this game because I believe the Lions are truly at their best when running the football. Detroit averages 4.6 yards per carry this season on the ground, and almost every single one of the Lions' offensive linemen are better as run blockers than pass blockers. These guys will open up big holes if you let them. Just last week, not including quarterbacks, the Lions averaged um, 7.6 yards per carry. Okay, It was the Bears' defense, yes, but still, this rushing attack is dangerous if you let it be. If they average 7.6 yards per carry against this Packers' defense, we will not win this game. I'll tell you that. But the Packers have been better at stopping the run as of late, ever since Devondre Campbell got healthy. Things have begun to truly gel for that part of our defense. The big idea will be tackling and not allowing the big play. The Lions commit to the ground game, and because of that, um, they can be due for a big play. Last week, the Lions had three of those big plays. Jameson Williams ran it once for 40 yards. Jamal Williams had a 58-yard run. And DeAndre Swift had a 35-yard run. Now, if you are a defense that has 11 guys to the football and you aren't missing tackles, that won't happen. If you look at last week's game against the Bears and take those big plays out for the Lions, the Lions actually only averaged 4.1 yards per carry, which is below average. It's the big plays that help this Lions team, and it's good to be aware that they can break open big plays on the ground. But if we can prevent those big plays from occurring, then I think our run defense will be just fine. And we've done that very well as of late, and we've played really good, sound team defense where everyone's to the football, and it's been very <clears throat> fun to watch, actually. So... Now, the problem with the Lions <clears throat> and the reason why the Lions struggled to start the year was their defense. In almost every single metric over the first half of the season, the Lions have been one of the worst defenses in football and that showed up in their record as they started the year 1-6. and six. But then, the Lions began the easy part of their schedule. And I, we talked about this from the start of the year. This is why I predicted they would make the playoffs in a week NFC because they played the Bears, the Giants, Jags, Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears. I thought they would win all those games at the start of the year, plus the final game versus the Packers to give them eight wins to finish out the year. But when you are facing bad teams like that, you start to forget that this defense was an issue and it still probably is. This defense didn't just magically get better. It definitely improved, but a big reason for that improvement is probably 
more due to the fact that they have played worse teams and more importantly, worse quarterbacks. The Lions are 7-2 over the last nine games. And now look at the teams they beat. Almost every single one has poor quarterback play. Aaron Rodgers in the midst of his injuries. Bears Justin Fields, who can't throw yet. Um, that was two wins right there. Giants and Daniel Jones, the 20th ranked passer this season. The Jets with Zach Wilson, who has been given up on entirely over there in New York. The Vikings and Kirk Cousins, who is actually having the worst season of his career, according to PFF, just a 76.0 overall grade this year. And then Trevor Lawrence, who has been better the second half of the year. Um, he has a 77.3 overall grade. Um, and <clears throat> so that was probably their best win was against the Jags and Trevor Trevor Lawrence as leading quarterbacks. Um but even Trevor Lawrence is not a top 10 quarterback. The only team they faced with a top 10 quarterback was Josh Allen and the Bills, and they lost. They also lost to Sam Darnold and the Panthers, and we'll get to that in a second too. So I'm not saying <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers has played like an elite quarterback by any means this season, or the Packers are an elite offense. We aren't. But I do think that we are currently playing like a much better team, and Rodgers is a lot healthier than he's been most of the se- <clears throat> most of the season. And this offense... Uh, because it's healthier than it's been all season, and everyone knew this offense was going to take the whole season to really tune everything up and be hitting its stride for the playoffs. And while the Packers' offense hasn't been as consistent as I hope it would be at this point, I do think they can be dangerous, and Rodgers at any moment can look like a top-five quarterback in the NFL again, and I think he can this week. And when it comes to success rate, the Packers actually have a top-five offense in the NFL. And I think at any... I think... The Packers are going to be fine. I think this Lions team isn't ready to play an offense like this, especially an offense that is very similar to the Panthers, which two weeks ago when the Panthers played the Lions, that would be the best game plan to be putting up points on this Lions defense. Okay, and Why we are similar to the Panthers is, is this. In that game two weeks ago where the Panthers crushed the Lions, the the Panthers ran the ball all, all over this Lions defense. Their two running backs combined for 33 rushes for 290 yards on the ground, averaging 8.8 yards per game carry in that game. They destroyed the Lions defense, and it wasn't just like the Panthers have an insane offensive line or insane running backs. The Panthers' rushing grade and run blocking both ranked 20th this season and still were able to destroy the Lions on the ground offensively. The Packers should be able to do the same. The Packers have an elite duo at running back. The Packers run blocking ranks similar to the Panthers at 19th, but our offensive line is now fully healthy with upgrades at left tackle and right tackle now, so it should improve. And then our rushing grade overall this season is the second best in the NFL with an elite running back duo on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And now it seems like Aaron Jones is even more healthy, which we saw last week, what a healthy Aaron Jones can do. He averaged 7.9 yards per carry by himself last week against a similarly bad Vikings defense. The Packers need to commit to running the ball this week and attacking this Lions defense that ranks 30th in the NFL and giving up 5.3 yards per rush defensively. And I think, honestly, we just have to attack certain personnel groupings, honestly, uh, can be a way we really attack this Lions defense. The Lions have a few guys to note, like James Houston, who's been an out-of-nowhere elite pass rusher for them. He's super undersized, but he, he averages like 20 snaps f- uh, for them per game the last six games. But when he's in the game, he's he's an insane, an elite pass rusher. He looks like Von Miller out there, but he cannot stop the run whatsoever. And honestly, 
every single defensive lineman for the Lions has not been able to stop the run. They, they can rush the passer somewhat, but they can't stop the run. We have to make them do that because this season, they haven't been able to pretty much whatsoever. Don't go and drop back 35, 40 times against this defense. It's unnecessary unless you're going to get the ball out quick. These guys can rush the passer. Guys like James Houston, like I just talked about, Ali McNeil, Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Pascal, make them stop the run and then use play action and win deep and take the easy wins. This is what Rodgers has done so well throughout his career. It's a beaut- he has a beautiful deep ball. He's extremely accurate and not putting the ball in harm's way. If we cannot have turnovers offensively, especially from a strip sack or an interception, we really should be fine in this game. This defense is solid in coverage, but really... They do get bailed out by their pass rush, pass rush more times than not. There's no reason to test throwing the ball against this defense if you don't have to. But if they do, if we do have to, we should be fine. Especially if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Rodgers all practice together this, this week as they prepare. Last week we could see how Rodgers missing practice and Watson missing practice threw off their timing. And hopefully these two can be healthy this week. Both practicing has really helped them be on the same page in the past and have more chemistry on the field. I think it will result in that this week. Overall, while I'm afraid of what this Lions offense can do, if Jared Goff is kept clean in the pocket, they can slice and dice all the way down the field. And our run defense has never been consistently good, but as of late, it has been. I think, though, Kenny Clark can get enough pressure in this game up the middle. I think our defense can continue to be incredibly prepared and cause this offense, specifically Jared Goff, to make mistakes. And the level of just being on the same page and the way this defense is playing together and everyone is in on every tackle, I think that will prevent the big explosive rushes from happening in this game. I think our defense will be fine. I think then And then our rushing attack, I think, has to be able to duplicate exactly what the Panthers did two weeks ago. And I see no reason why not. Plus, we have a much better passing attack than the Panthers did to complement that rushing game plan to really put up points consistently in this game. The Packers are pretty much as healthy as you could hope for at this point in the season. They have everything to play for. They have so much continuity all over the field. They have a special teams that scares other football teams and can put our offense in advantageous situations. And I think the Packers can win this game. Everyone has been practicing all week except Josiah DeGuara. So everyone's going to be out there this week for this game. And I think the Packers win this game 35-24 to and make their way into playoffs, into the playoffs with the number seven seed. Now, before we end our podcast today, I do want to give out a couple scenarios. While the Packers can only guarantee the number seven seed with a win, no matter what else happens, there's a lot happening this weekend that would decide who the Packers play in the first round of the playoffs. Currently, as it stands, the Eagles are the number one seed. 49ers are the number two. The Eagles are the number three. If the Eagles simply win, which if Jalen Hurts plays, I think they will. That guarantees them to stay in the number one spot. Let's go with that scenario. That makes the 49ers and Vikings games outcomes very important. Here's why. If the 49ers win, they guarantee the number two spot. But if the 49ers lose to the Cardinals, which is unlikely, and the Vikings beat the Bears, the Vikings would get the number two seed. And then the Packers would be playing the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs, which is ideal. This is probably unlikely for the Cardinals to beat the 49ers, but the 49ers are running with seven round. Rookie Proc Birdie, he's due for a bad game at any moment, and the Cardinals will be playing their last game with J.J. Watt before he retires. I think they'll have some motivation going into this game just for pride for him, so anything could happen. Um, so that's how we could play the Vikings as the two-seed or the 49ers as the two-seed. The other major scenario is this. Now, Jalen Hurts will probably play this week, but there's a chance he doesn't. 
and the Eagles lose to the Giants. The Giants don't have much to play for, but they do need to stay kind of hot, like just kind of have their crap together, and some teams' approach to the final games are different. Uh, but if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win, we have a huge switch in the standings because the Cowboys win the division. Now, if the 49ers win, the 49ers would be the one seed and the Cowboys would be the two seed. A Cowboys team who we have already beaten this season would be a tough challenge for sure, but that is still a winnable game. So depending on your preference, those are the three teams we could be facing. Personally, I would like to see the Vikings, then the Cowboys, then the 49ers. The 49ers are just so, so scary, and I want to be as far away from them as possible to ever playing them. Uh, but the most likely thing that happens is we do play the 49ers. And the scary thing about the 49ers is they will be having Debo Samuel return probably in the playoffs. And they, this offense has been so, so good with Brock Purdy under it. And it's been without Debo Samuel this whole time. I don't, they've been, they played some kind of bad teams. And so I haven't watched 49ers games. As of recently, um, but it's insane that their offense has been this efficient, even with Dio Samuel not playing. So you can't choose who you get to play. We're just going to be excited if we make the playoffs, but it's uh, it's going to be a crazy weekend. And like always, it starts with the Packers having to beat Detroit. It's going to be another amazing game and enjoy it because we never know when it will be Aaron Rodgers last. And truly the way this team is playing right now, if you add Aaron Rodgers magic on top of it, which he is totally capable of having, the Packers could be the team nobody wants to be matching up with come playoff time. So that's all we have today, folks. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.